Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. Good morning, PCC. I'm Brian Wren, one of your pastors on staff, and it's great to be with you. I have two questions to start us off this morning. The first one is this. Is the will of God for your life really able to be discovered? Is the will of God for your life really able to be discovered? And the second one is this. And are there negative consequences if you miss the will of God? Are there negative consequences if you miss the will of God? I would say the answer to both of those questions is definitely yes. And that's why I'm actually so excited about this series called Imagine, Discovering God's Will for Your Life. Because we're in this process of focusing on learning about the fourfold leadings of Jesus and how they can help us discover God's will. This fourfold leading, it begins with this internal desire where God gives us what it says in the Psalms, the desire in our hearts. And then we're supposed to look and see what the external leadings of circumstances are showing us. And then we're supposed to confirm it up against what God's Word says in the Bible, the biblical leading. And then finally, to ask others, to ask others in our community and in our lives and in our church, what do you think? What do you think about this? What's wonderful today, we're going to spend time focusing on how to learn more about seeking and finding the external circumstances that God shows us to lead us into his will. Here's our big idea today. The external leadings of circumstances are the divine doorways of God. I want you to get this visual in your head of these divine doorways opening and these divine doorways closing. Because the external leadings of circumstances are these divine doorways of God that open and close. It reminds me of a story some 30 years ago when I was a senior in college. That is true. 30 years ago, I was a senior in college. And the reality is this, I wanted one job when I was a senior in college, actually for all the wrong reasons. I even talked my way into the final interview, even though I wasn't qualified. And Charlie, the regional manager, said to me, okay, kid, I'll give you a chance, and I'm going to book you a flight to fly to Pittsburgh in late March for the final interviews there, where there will be 33 people but only 11 people will get jobs. So I thought I had this made. My options were to pick from two airports to fly from, smaller airport or actually a larger airport. I was in the middle of Pennsylvania. The smaller airport was closer, so I chose a smaller airport. But as I sat on that plane in late March, and as the snow came down, I realized that plane was going nowhere. And when I got on the phone with Charlie in the lobby, on an actual payphone, Charlie said this to me, sorry kid, you only get lucky once. I'm not hiring till next year and you don't qualify for another territory. Externally, God had obviously closed the door on the internal leading of my heart. And to be honest with you, I was crushed as a 22-year-old kid. I cried my way back to my house at my college all the way in my car. But what was neat, a door opened, and by July, I was living in San Francisco in a different job. And within the next year, 
I'd come to PCC, and there I finally understood what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And from that point on, my life was changed forever. And when I look back at that, it was so obvious that plane was never meant to take off. It was the closed door that needed to show me there was another door, other circumstances that were leading me to another place. And that was God's will for me. How about you? I have a question for you. How has God made his will for your life obvious through external leadings of circumstances? How has God made his will for your life obvious through external leadings of circumstances? The doors that have opened and the doors that have closed. Take a moment and talk about that. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Grab your Bible. I want you to open up to Jeremiah 6, 16. It's one of my favorite passages, especially when it comes to seeking the will of God. Jeremiah 6, 16 is written by Jeremiah, but what he records here is the Lord's words. He was speaking to the Israelites, and so he's directly saying what the Lord wants them to hear. Here's what it says. In Jeremiah 6, 16, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. Let's read that again. And if you're just catching up, Jeremiah 6, 16. Hear it again. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient past. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. It's a pretty straightforward passage, and I want you to focus on the five verbs because this gives us the posture that God has for us in order to see the external leadings of circumstances. So let's just look at the five verbs that stand out right away. Stand, look, ask, ask, walk. Say those with me at home. Kids, join in. 
stand, look, ask, ask, walk. What's God trying to tell us here is that when we have an internal desire in our hearts and we're at a crossroad with it, the first thing we need to do is actually just stop and stand and be still. This relates to that concept. Be still and know that I'm God. Stand and allow him to be part of that. And then what's he say next? Look, look around. What's he doing? What is opening? What seems to be closing? Look and ponder the options based on this desire that you're holding. But then he says twice, ask and then ask again. In the first part, he says, ask for the ancient path. I love this. What he's referring to when he says the ancient path, he's saying this, for the things that I've prepared in advance for you. I love what it says in Ephesians 2.10, that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which what? God prepared in advance for us to do. These are those ancient paths. He's saying, ask for what I've prepared long ago for your present so you can live into it into the future. It's a mind-blowing concept if you think about the concept of the ancient past he has for us. He then goes on to say, ask for another thing. He says, ask where the good way is. God always has what's best for us. This passage reminds me of Psalm 32.8. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life, the good pathway. I will advise you and I will watch over you. He's saying here, ask for what is best, what is good for you, the way that I have for you. And when we ask, here's what we need to remember. It says to stand, to look, to ask, to ask. But if we're asking, we got to make sure we're listening. And we got to be indifferent enough to what we want so that we're open to listening to what God's wanting for us. This is one of the hardest parts about discerning God's will. But if we do that, look what he says. He says, if you stand and you look and you ask and you ask, then he says, after you've listened, walk in it. And he says, there you will find rest for your soul. I want you to ponder these postures now. And I want you to ponder which one of these postures of discerning are most challenging to you. Is it standing? Is it looking? Is it asking? Is it listening? Or is it having the courage to walk in it? Take some time and talk about that.
Hey, welcome back. I hope that question was challenging, but also very beneficial to you. So if the external leadings of circumstances are the divine doorways that God uses to lead us to his will, does that mean that we should walk through every open door that we see? The obvious answer to that is no, right? But I actually think it's really tricky. And it takes confirmation. External leadings of circumstances need confirmation. That's why I like this quote. The leadings of our hearts are confirmed by God through the opening and closing of doors, encouraging and discouraging voices, and his clarifying word. About 10 years after that de-icing plane incident, I found myself in school again, but this time getting a master's as a young pastor actually here at PCC. I was about two-thirds of the way through my master's of divinity, which is a typical degree for somebody in pastoral work, but I got scared. And I actually had a lot of fear. See, I'd been a pastor for about three years plus here on staff, and I began to go, what if this doesn't work out? And what if this doesn't provide for my family? So I stood and I looked and I decided I needed to get a second degree. I need a backup plan for this pastoral gig. Because the reality was, if it didn't work out, what was I going to fall back on? So it looked to me that I should get a marriage and family therapist degree. And when I looked around, I saw the school I was at. I could get a dual degree. I could get an MDiv and a master's in marriage and family therapy work. So I thought, okay, I should go ask some people. Because I stood and looked. It seemed obvious. So the first person I went to was my wife. And I said, babe, what do you think of this idea? And she said, no. She goes, you've been in school a long time. And we're about to have our second child. Uh, I'd prefer you're at home more often. So then I went to my boss, and I said, hey, what do you think of this idea? And he said, nah. He goes, it's going to take too long. It's going to get in the way of the ministry you're doing. And by the way, PCC is paying for your first degree, which I'm so thankful for. But they're not going to pay for your second degree. So then I went to my friend. And the first thing he said to me was this. Have you asked your wife and your boss? And I said, yeah. And I told him. And then I can still see it. He kind of pushed back from the table we're at, looked at me, and laughed. And he said, why are you even asking me? But the door was open. So I applied. And I actually got in. And I thought, I know those three people love me, but they don't know anything about God's will for my life. But it was interesting. I finished seven classes of that second degree just before our second daughter was born, sweet little Emma Grace. And when Emma Grace was born, everything seemed fine. But on the seventh day, she crashed, almost died, got to the hospital just in time. And that day at the hospital, we learned that she had 
a heart defect, and that it was going to take three very intense surgeries over the next three years, very complicated recoveries. Here's what I wrote about that day. I remember sitting crying by myself in the lobby of the NICU at Stanford. Our world was turned upside down. But God externally had made things very clear. I was needed at home, and I needed to follow him there, leaving my fears of the future behind and my second degree unfinished. There was actually a lot of freedom and rest for my soul that came with that decision, but also a lot of humility. I'd gone so far through an open doorway without listening to my wife, my boss, and God. I thought, God, was I that far down the wrong road that you needed to use sweet Emma's health condition to get my attention? The answer was actually yes. If you go back to the passage and you look at the last two lines, they're very important to us today. See, after the Lord says, stand, look, ask, ask, and walk, he then gives a promise. And he says, if you do those things, you will find rest for your soul. But he also declares the disobedience of the Israelites in the next line. He says, but you said, we will not walk in it. The reality is, sometimes God's will can be made very clear by external circumstances. The door that is shut and the door that's closed. But sometimes, if that one door is left open a little bit, like in my scenario, you'll walk through it when you weren't supposed to. Sometimes that's caused by fear, lack of trust, confusion, holding too tightly to your desired outcome. And when you do that, you become like the disobedient Israelite. And you declare, I will not walk in it. I will walk my own way. But we know this, walking in your own way never results in rest for your soul. So what holds you back from walking through these divine doorways of external circumstances that have been prepared in advance for you, that are best for you, and that will provide rest for your soul? What is it? I want you to ponder that question. Is it the fear? Is it the lack of trust? Is it the confusion? Is it holding on to your desired outcome too much? I want you to take some time, ponder that question.
So as we go today, I want to challenge you to live into Jeremiah 6.16. During this season, there is such potential for social change, and I believe that God is showing us what he wants us to do through these external leadings. So the first thing would be to do this. Write down the five verbs that lead you to this one promise. God wants us to stand and to look and to ask and to ask and then to walk so that we find his will and rest for our souls and the souls of others. Secondly, find someone that can be your encourager. They can be the person that speaks into your life, encourages you to not walk through that door, or they could be the person that encourages you to get through that door. And maybe they're even the person that gives you a push through that door to help you have strength in your lack of faith. And finally, I want you to have a prayer, a prayer that helps you to become more indifferent to your desire so it becomes more of what God truly wants. This is the Jesus prayer, the simple Jesus and profound Jesus prayer of your will be done, not mine. You could say it that simply, or I have a prayer for you today that I want to leave with you, that you say it on your own in your home, and then if you're with others in your home, Somebody says it over the entire home. So let me read it to you, and then I want to leave you with that prayer to say individually and then over one another. God, I have this internal desire. Give me the willingness and ability to stand, look, and ask for your prepared and best way for me. Clarify your external leading through your word and others. Then give me strength to walk in your way and find rest for my soul. So take that, go and pray that individually, and then over your home. Go in peace. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.